Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. You are now tuned in to yet another episode of High at Nine News. Thank you for joining us, not only to get High at Nine with us, but also High Noon on the East Coast. My name is Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street, and it is Friday, January 6th, 2023. And for everybody watching, please remember to like, share, smack that subscribe button up a little bit from the side and from the back. We're live on Clubhouse. All right. Oh shit, wrong part. <laughs> Today is National Cuddle Up Day because it's cold outside and you can't spell thug without a hug. And National Technology Day, recognizing how technology changes the world and questioning why nothing seems to work right right now as Mercury is in retrograde. Seriously, what the fuck does that even mean? And why is my computer keep crashing? It's also Armenian Christmas, a day each year, successful black men make pilgrimage to Calabasas in hopes to become the next Kardashian sacrifice. For everybody out there watching, please remember to like, share, and smack that subscribe button up just a little bit. Follow us at Hyatt 9 News across all social media platforms as well. We're live weekdays on YouTube and Twitch, audio only on Clubhouse, and you do choose the Clubhouse route. You can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story presented. We're going to get things started in just a second here. But first, a message from our sponsors. Flying into LAX and you want to taste some of the best weed in the world? Then stop by LAXCC, the closest dispensary to LAX, located 8332 Lincoln Boulevard, and open from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week. <coughs> Always make LAXCC your first stop when you touch down in LA and score like a winner. And don't forget to tell them I sent you and mention you like to get high at nine for 10% off your full order. Oh, yeah. Coming up first, we have the dope dad himself. That's right. Rico Lamite. When he is not changing diapers, coloring crayons, or sharpening pencils, you can find him hosting events for grown-ass adults out in the hood called the Babysitter Diaries Dialogue. That's right. They, they have guests over. They cook dinner in the hood. And then people's cars get jacked. That's right. It is the dope dad himself, Rico Lamite. Oh man, Jason, like, what does that, what does that even mean, my man? Like, like what? I'll just take it. Thank yeah, you for the intro. Don't, don't, don't get, <laughs> don't, don't, don't get blipped. All right. So, my story today is coming from Business Insider and Sean. Carter, Sean Jay-Z Carter, once told us all that he is not just a businessman. He is a businessman. And it seems that, Jay, uh, that Beyonce's husband is living up to that line yet again. According to Business Insider, Carter, uh, Carter's recognition and SC branding have entered into modification agreements to restructure his partnership with the cannabis conglomerate, the parent company. The mogul will be spinning off his high-priced monogram flower brand off of the paragra- uh, parent company's books onto Rock Nations while maintaining a guaranteed presence on all TPCO shelves under an exclusive and royalty-free eight-year license to distribute monogram brand in California. Also part of the arrangement, Jay-Z, Rock Nation, and their affiliates say that they will be returning approximately 7.1 million TPCO common shares and uh, to enable the organization to save approximately 33.5 million 
in top line costs over an eight year period. In a statement to Insider, Jay-Z said collectively they've agreed to restructure their partnership in order to afford the parent company the best opportunity to ex- execute a longstanding and successful strategy. Um, and they're excited for the continued growth of parent company in the future together in the cannabis industry, blah, 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 blah. Um, parent company's CEO, Troy Datcher, said that he wanted to sincerely thank Jay-Z, of course, you know, fat payday, bro, uh, Desiree, uh, Desiree Perez and the entire rock, uh, rock team for their significant creative con- contributions. And he looks forward to, con- uh, to continuing their exciting work together to create world-class products. I'll just keep my mouth shut there. Um, importantly, uh, this arrangement significantly reduces our ongoing financial commitments and protects shareholders from future dilution while transforming our business into a platform for future brand collaborations. They'll continue to leverage their position as a, as a brand builder, working with authentic leaders and innovators in the industry. So behind the scenes is what was really going on. Um, Later this month, the parent company's social equity venture plans to launch a 12-week brand success program to provide minority-owned brands with guaranteed shelf space, shelf space and mentorship to learn best practices, operational procedures, and more. Uh, the parent company rep said, the goal of the program is to empower each brand with knowledge and opportunity to to scale their business, market efficiently, and increase brand awareness while building customer loyalty and boost sales. The first two brands slated to benefit are Bryant Bowen's founded Kranja and Amber Center's Disco Jays by Maker House. So unpacking the whole thing here. Jay-Z pretty much came in to do what we all knew he was going to do, create a bunch of hype around his luxury $80 monogram pre-roll brand, which I don't really know anybody who really bought that. Uh, Maybe I'm I'm wrong. Maybe there's somebody in the room who has actually bought it, but money, $80 for uh, a pre-roll, but uh, not me. Uh, But the real play here. That, and I think that was successful in execution is drawing attention to the bigger picture um, on the front end uh, through his overpriced product coming from a Californian industry outsider while empowering black cannabis logos and getting them the much needed resources to succeed behind the scenes. After the foundational work was done, he took his ball and went home. He had a big payday. Everybody else got a big payday, too. The brand lives on at least in spirit for eight years on the shelves uh, and the parent company frees up. 34 million to run their social equity brand success program. I think it's a win-win for everybody. Is business done right? Is very smart play. Um, but I'm interested in hearing what everybody else thinks on this one. I'm Rico Lamit, Doba's dad in the street. What do you guys think? Since when did the parent company produce amazing world-class, world-class products? <laughs> I mean, does anyone buy that? I was just wondering, like, do we have we seen sales on Monogram? Like how? Uh, how have they done since since launch? Any California um, brands or producers can look on. Um, uh, you can actually look on um, headset if you have headset. See, I mean, you shop you shop at a store that sells them. Rico, have you ever been in there and someone said, "Hey, I want that monogram"? No. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone came in there and said, "Hey, I want no. that Jay Z weed. I want that Jigga Man"? No. Are they only in California? Uh, yeah. As of right now, they say they're going to be um, expanding nationwide. Hold so, on, so you're um, telling me. Yeah, I mean, so so his brand is going to live on for at least eight years. Uh, the, uh, the parent company is going to continue doing what they do. Um, Jay-Z just came in to create a bunch of hype around a product and um, create a lot of hatred, which is a great way to uh, create hype around that. And all the eyes were on Jay-Z and what he's doing, but they were doing a lot of good work behind the scenes. So I say bravo to him. I mean, I, I just want to wait till Monogram comes up with the Hova half ounce special. How much is that going to cost? <laughs> probably like 80 bucks. Uh, but I mean, probably they'll probably charge like 200, 250 for it or something like that just because uh, it has Monogram's like, name on it. I'm more excited to see the packaging than the actual cannabis because I think the packaging is going to be dope and uh-huh. the cannabis is going to be boof. Well, that's, I mean, yes, I, I, I didn't that's, get that's to, a good prediction, Omar. Yeah, be, because I, um, uh, because I, I, I tore my um, um, Achilles, I wasn't able to go up to um, uh, the last Hall of Flowers uh, where I was in, invited to their, their private monogram party at the Hall of Flowers, um, uh, the last one in Santa Rosa. But I, I, I just I haven't even tried it. So, has anybody out here even tried the monogram flower? Oh no, I do remember you and I were at the opening of uh um was Josephine, it? And, um, Billy's. Josephine and Billy's and there was a monogram girl there and she was yeah. trying to tell us all about monogram. Yeah, like that? 
Yes, I yes I do. And, and, and I wasn't sold. Well, she wasn't from well, the industry, and she wasn't knowledgeable about the industry. She wasn't knowledgeable about the just product. Saying, I was. I wasn't sold. I wasn't. I wasn't. Sold. I wasn't sold either. So I, I have a question for you, Rico, because you're yeah. much more adept at the finance side than I am. Yeah. Is this a good play for down the road when interstate commerce does come in, and I think celebrity brands will have more cachet when it comes to non-experienced consumers who are going to walk in and look for Jay-Z's brand somewhere. Yes, especially on the East Coast. And um, uh, and I think this is an interesting play. I'll be interested to see how Puffy and his venture responds to this because um, it will be a good yeah. play for their, uh, for their national footprint. Are they, are they going to do a licensing deal with Monogram and bring Monogram to Illinois? Hell Yeah. I think that's a, that's a, that's a, I don't know. I think I think they're going to be. I think they're going to try to try to try to duke it out, and they're trying to going to try to have like Coke and Pepsi rivalry between the so? two of them. Yeah, why not? I mean, why not? Everyone loves a good little sparring session. You know what I mean? We've been watching yeah. them on Twitter the last couple of days. But we're at, we're about black unity right now, man. So like we're about supporting each other's shit. Black unity. Hell yeah. Okay, that's a new concept. And and and, and, you, and, I, and I say that like even after I say like I have not bought his brand, I would, I'd rather buy the black brands that are established cannabis players. So big shout out to Amber Center, big win for her in um, uh, this play, as well as uh, Kranja, um, my man Mike G, the God. Uh, a big big shout out uh, to their brands, and um, they're doing a lot of work. But like I said, behind the scenes, I think it's a great play uh, to uh, get the resources needed to uh, black logos that are in the state of California and hopefully they continue to do it nationwide. That hundred dollar bill. Is that for a monogram joint or is that Gretchen's? This is for Gretchen. Gretchen so Gretchen can go and buy some monograms. Yeah. Is that the days uh, since uh, Kevin yep. uh, Kevin McCarthy has not been <laughs> oh, elected? Man. Oh, that's so, no. but, but seriously, has anybody in the room, whether it's in the audience or I I anybody on stage here, like has anybody tried monogram? I, I would no. seriously like to hear. Has anyone movie. in the clubhouse no. audience go ahead and raise your hand if any of you have ever tried monogram? I'll tell they're you what. I'd be embarrassed if they bought it. But you could say if you could say a friend bought it. So I mean, you could. I mean, I think monogram would probably do better as a Delta Eight company. Oof. I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that shot's fired or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was just friendly business advice. The truth. Yeah, <laughs> friendly business advice, monogram. All right, all right. Yes. So let's keep it rolling here, then. Let's roll, bro. Let's roll. Up next, you know who it is. It's the mink coat wearing, private jet hopping, Green Street dealing, longest continuously operating retailer in the game. No telling where he might pop up next. He's been spotted in Mar-a-Lago, uh, talking cannabis policy and Delta Eight deals with. Delta 8 and Spice deals with former President Trump. Politicking out in Delta 8 with Trick Trek and them, where they call him White Gucci. But this weekend, he's going to be out in West Hollywood again, doing things as the president should be doing, moving cannabis tourism forward. Come on stage next. You know who it is. Jason Beck, what do you have for us on this beautiful Friday morning? What you got, man? Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. Hope everyone is ready because you know what it's finally friday everybody it's been a long week first week work week of the new year and you guys even got a day off in the beginning so congratulations you guys you guys earned your first weekend but coming up we have the u.s virgin islands is on the cusp of legalizing adult use marijuana the u.s virgin islands is on the verge of legalizing adult use marijuana shortly before the new year a veto-proof majority of lawmakers in the U.S. territory voted to send the Virgin Islands Cannabis Act to the desk of Governor Albert Bryan. That's right. The governor expected to sign the bill into law, according to the Virgin Islands Consortium. Uh, the bill, for one, just here's a few bullet points. The bill legalizes cannabis for adults 21 and over, creates a regulated system for the cultivation, manufacture, and sale of cannabis for adult medical and sacramental use. Oh, look at that. Sacramental use. Also allows members of religious organizations to grow up to six mature plants. That is definitely not enough. Uh, companion legislation also expunges certain marijuana-related convictions. Senator 
Janelle Sorrow, the bill sponsor, said in a news release, lawmakers did due diligence in the protecting of the masses and the best interests of our residents by ensuring that locals and minorities are not locked out of the industry and have an opportunity to participate in its economic potential, Soros stated, adding that the bill will create an industry that is inclusive and diverse, but most importantly, safe. Roughly 106,000 people live in the U.S. Virgin Islands, located off the coast of Puerto Rico, where medical cannabis is legal and possession of up to one ounce is decriminalized. Well, I'll tell you what. Congratulations, Virgin Islands. I can't wait to go out and buy some virgin cannabis in the Virgin Islands. And this is Jason Beck reporting for High at Nine News. What do you guys think about this? What, what makes that cannabis virgin? Um, the fact that it hasn't been smoked. Ooh, that's, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> just saying, just saying. What do you think about this, Stone? I like it, travel? man. You gonna travel? Yeah. Does it make you want to travel to the U.S. Virgin Islands? It makes me want to travel to the U.S. Virgin Islands, and, and the way it is here in Texas, I'm ready to travel just anywhere where it's weed friendly. So the Virgin Islands, have, fuck yeah. They'll probably have better weed, you think, in the Virgin Islands than they do in Texas. I'm gonna say no. I mean, it is it's, it is gonna be regulated weed. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> you you can't dog Texas. Listen, do you think our, our, our Republican leaders don't want to legalize it for for the people, but the people have found ways to get good cannabis in Texas, whether it's grown here or not. Is that putting a couple plants in their windowsill? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Oh shit! Time <laughs> to move on. <laughs> you know, I'm glad that the Virgin Islands uh, made news twice this week. Once for uh, President Biden vacationing in the Caribbean, but in the U.S. at the same time, and mm -hmm. twice for this uh, adult legalization proposal. So I think we're going to have a U.S. location in the Caribbean where cannabis will be legal, and then people's, uh, you know, dream of smoking cannabis in the in the Caribbean but not leaving the U.S. will be realizable. I mean, how much do you think that that Bitcoin guy put in, put, put money behind this legislation <laughs> to get passed? That's what I want to know. How much crypto dollars were put in the, in the passage of this bill? What, what really sucks is, is, is the fact that when he, I thought he is, is the Bahamas, though. Is the Bahamas, like, technically? I mean, Bahamas, Virgin yeah, Bahamas. Islands, bro. They're all, they're all islands, bro. No, but it's not. Yeah, he was in the Bahamas. They're all surrounded by water, okay? Jason doesn't believe in facts. He just likes to throw stuff out. <laughs> they're all islands. They are. They're not all islands. Am I, am I incorrect in that statement? If you don't check it before his next statement, he's just going to roll with it. <laughs> what do you think, Gretchen? Would you would you take a trip to the Virgin Islands to go and buy some weed? Sure. Why not? You would. Well, uh, East Coasters, yes, we frequent the Caribbean. I think more than West Coast does. So I think this gives more of an avenue for East Coasters to go get some some weed. Why not? And the, people already go down to Jamaica for it. I know lots of friends who plan vacations in Jamaica so they can have that um, excitement of the cannabis market. So I could see it happening. Interesting. People people really travel in Jamaica just for weed, you think, huh? Yeah, I know people who've done this. Yes. They, they travel to Jamaica just for the weed. Not all of us have, you know, plants on our windowsill like Stone Slave. We got to do what we got to do. <laughs> Stone, you got plants on your windowsill? That's what they do in Texas. I wish I did have plants on my windowsill. Unfortunately, I've got a very brown thumb, so they're not on this windowsill. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm, I'm, I'm with chemo on this. I think Jamaican weed is trash. I'm with really? chemo on this one. Yeah, really. I 100 agree. Yeah. Well, doesn't you know, Jamaica have exp or they're allowed to import from Canada or other places? That that makes it that makes the word even worse. I'm not saying it makes it better, but I mean, I wonder if the Virgin Islands they, will, being a territory. Thing, no, they won't. They will not be anything. able to because they're a territory of the U.S. and it's still a Schedule One drug, so they're not going to be oh. able to import anything. I, I, think, on, I think. I think. I can't believe well, I have to tell you that. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's, it's, it's I, a. I, I want to make you look like you had one win, Jason. Oh, man, I stay winning, girl. You know it's, what it's, it is. it's a tale of, of, of two types of uh, Jamaican weed. You know, my uh, my wife's father is a reggae legend, and uh, I was out there in 
uh, Sav Lamar in, in, in the hood and everything. We had some great weed, but the weed that we actually bought from somebody on the beach uh, before we linked up with her uh, with her family was straight up booth. Oh man, I love what, I love what Nick is saying in here. He says the weed I got in St. Croix was eh. They told me it was from Cali, and I laughed. That's from Cali. I mean, it, it probably was. It's probably some outdoor weed from Cali that people like two hundred dollars a pound weed. But, <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be the best, man. Yes, that 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 cheap, cheap, and that good, good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, coming up next, she's a political strategist by day and a baker by night. A true female multitask her who can not only bake up a storm, but also knows how to make the sausage on Capitol Hill. She's the founder of Panoptic Strategies and our very own Washington Insider. Taking off the apron and coming on up, it is none other than the Gretchen Gailey. Good afternoon, and for those who missed it, Jason is now six days behind in paying his bets. He He's a tease. That's all he does. He just jingles around his money. The one $100 bill he ever had, he just keeps flaunting because he can't pay his bets. My headline is coming from Marijuana Moment. A pharma company behind FDA-approved CBD drugs sues a dozen competitors over alleged patent infringement. The drug company behind the CBD-based medication Epidiolex has filed a lawsuit against more than a dozen competitors that are seeking to create generic versions alleging patent infringement. GW Research, with which alongside with GW Pharmaceuticals, is a subsidiary of Jazz Pharmaceuticals, filed the suit. GW, one of the only companies to secure FDA approval for a cannabis-derived medication, says that the various competitors have submitted what are known as abbreviated new drug applications in order to commercially market generic versions of GW's cannabidiol oral solution drug product. The lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court for the District of New Jersey on Tuesday says the attempts to develop and market those generics is happening prior to the expiration of one or more of GW's patents. It then listed 25 U.S. patents it owns. The 322-page filing contains many pages of technical descriptions and claims about jurisdiction, but it eventually gets into main arguments against each of the competing companies, ANDAs. It asserts that the patents affiliated with its epilepsy medication Epidiolex that are listed in what's known as FDA's Orange Book for authorized drugs have not yet expired. So any companies that seek to market generics would be in violation of patent infringement laws. We believe Epidiolex is an important life-improving medicine for patients with rare epilepsies, uh, according to Andrew Sivers-Davies, a spokesperson for GW parent company Jazz Pharmaceuticals. We will vigorously defend our intellectual property rights as this is an important part of what enables us to continue to innovate and develop new medicines for patients, including our pioneering work and industry-leading GW cannabinoid scientific platform. FDA's website shows that Epidiolex received authorization for use in the treatment of two sets of conditions in 2018 and 2020. The exclusivity period for the first is set to expire in September 2025, while the other expires in July of 2027. GW is asking federal court to enjoin each of the companies from moving forward with their FDA applications, lest they run into a patent infringement problem. Larry Sandell, a registered patent attorney with May and Mark LLP and the head of the firm's cannabis practice, told Marijuana Moment that ANDA patent cases like this are relatively common in the pharmaceutical world, even if it's somewhat unique here because it involves cannabis products. Sandell, whose firm is not involved in the GW dispute, said that in some cases, such litigation can be in the best interest of all parties, as it would prove costly for generic competitors to expend resources to manufacture and market drugs that may ultimately be bound, bound to infringe valid pharmaceutical patents. In this new complaint, after more than 100 largely repetitive sections of claims against the various companies, GW asked the court to grant injunctions to prevent possible patent infringement. Judgments affirming that their existing patents are valid and enforceable and to award damages for any violations that may have already occurred. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole list of other uh, defendants. Uh, and Marijuana Moment reached out to them. Uh, GW is no longer stranger is no stranger to patent law, and it's been previously found itself on the receiving end of a patent infringement lawsuit after being accused by the cannabis corporation Canopy Growth 
of unlawfully using patent ex extraction technology in 2020. That case was ultimately dismissed last year with a joint stipulation from the companies that there was no such infringement per a judge's interpretation. Um, I think this is just uh, the beginning of what we're going to see as these things move forward. Um, I would love to hear um, more from Omar and from Dr. Talleyrand um, on what they expect to see. I, I would I would think it would be hard to patent this kind of um, technology, and I don't know how you win these cases. I mean, frankly, when it comes to the plan, I don't know, Dr. Talleyrand, if someone could get away by citing different strains or different ways to to try and get around these sort of things. Is that a possibility? Well, I'm not an a expert on, on pharmaceutical patents, uh, but I think that uh, it's, first of all, tough with CBD because it's a natural ingredient in the plant. And so to claim uh, a patent for a single agent natural ingredient is tough in, in itself. You know, uh, uh, Omar might know more about the law here, but it seems yeah. like it's reach. I think the problem is that the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, uh, they have patent agents who review these patent applications, and they are not well-versed in the art and science of cannabis. They don't understand the prior art in the field. So any patent application that comes their way, to them, it's all totally new. And since they have no frame of reference because they don't understand the prior art, they're granting overbroad patents that should never be granted in the first place. Uh, cannabis and hemp has been used by humanity for millennia. And some of the claims in these patents are so overbroad and they're trying to patent uh, activities and uses and methods and substances that have been in wide use by humanity for centuries and millennia. So it's just the ignorance of the patent examiners that is leading to these types of patents being issued. And then patent trolls start suing uh, for infringement of their patents. And it really inhibits the development of science and medicine when people are not allowed to freely experiment with all methods and uh, substances that have been used for centuries. And so uh, to me, it, it really shows that the patent system, at least when it comes to cannabis, needs serious uh, reform. Well, I guess my question would be then, but aren't most medicines plant-derived? I mean, how how are they patenting the other ones then? They're they're not necessarily plant derived. They're synthetic. They're synthetics uh, of plant derivatives. Most pharmaceutical drugs, Gretchen. Many pharmaceutical drugs are like molecules that get patented, and they, they do end up getting uh, you know bioproduced because that's usually like the cheapest form of production is use plants to do the biosynthesis instead <laughs> of trying to mix molecules in the laboratory. That's often far more expensive, um, but, you know, the pharmaceutical companies are not uh, putting out plant patents on, like, you know, these broad claims that um, we're seeing here, and what I think we have is there's also, um, you know, other companies that have been amassing patents that have been reluctant to enforce them because they're afraid that a federal court is going to say, uh, cannabis is still a Schedule One controlled substance, and we're not going to be enforcing patents at this time. And so I think it's interesting that we're now seeing more patent litigation, and I expect that's going to be a, a high-growth area of litigation. Also, uh, C Epidiolex CBD is not made in um, the lab. It's, it's derived from the plant. It's one of the first cannabis products derived I mean, uh, 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 pharmaceutical products derived from the plant. So um, what's interesting is that, it, it, is that I don't know how much money Epidiolex is making. You, you know, it doesn't work better than something that's actually extracted from the plant that has multiple ingredients. And so, uh, you know, I think the cat's out of the bag here. We're already, it's an, cannabis is already in the marketplace you know, from as a plant derived product. So I, I think they're maybe, you know, looking for money by doing this. I don't know. Sure. That's exactly what they're looking yeah, for. 100% yep. they are. 100% yep. they are. And I'm telling you, yeah, this man. is what's going to happen. We're going to see this on a massive, massive scale. If for any reason, Joe Biden 
schedules cannabis if they lower the the schedule to any of those numbers this is going to happen to every single cannabis company in america is it, this is going to be the monsantoing of the marijuana mm-hmm. industry exactly exactly true. right mm-hmm. so well, yeah, omar do you think do you think gw has a case I haven't really looked at, at the specific claims. I gotta, I gotta do further review. Doctor Tallarian, that's a no on your on your side. Did I see a head shake? I don't think they have a case. I think they're they're well. You know, again, I'm not a lawyer, so what do I know? I think I think they got a case. I think they got a case because they own, they have uh, drug preclusion on CBD for Epidiolex and Sativex. So therefore, you you can't sell anything with CBD in it without their approval. Without capitalism. That's what I'm saying. Without FDA approval. So therefore, if you, if therefore you any of these products, all this snake oil out there, all this CBD snake oil out there is all illicit product. My question is, so Jake, that- before you get into the snake oil, so you're saying if a completely different drug is developed using CBD, a totally yep. different recipe with everything else Doesn't that matter. they put in there. You honestly think that they would? Yes. You're out of your mind. That's not no, how it's patents not. work. It depends on how broad. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It, no, it's it's not, may not be how the patent works, but it's how drug preclusion works. And the FDA already has drug preclusion on CBD because they regulate everything by the molecule. So yes, this 100 percent would happen with anything. Yes, and technically, it's federally illegal under the FDA because of drug drug preclusion. But so it's all cannabis federally illegal because of this CSA. It doesn't stop anybody. Exactly. 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 That you're as clear as mud, Jason. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm as clear <laughs> as mud. You just can't handle it when I'm right, can you, Gretchen? <laughs> I, I it's all right. It's all right. I love Omar no. completely contradicts you, yeah. and you're like exactly. And I'm like, what? The we're gonna we're, we're we're gonna pay a quick bill. We're gonna pay a quick bill. We'll be right back. Yes. At True Classic OG, we live by one motto: stay true. We stay true to our legacy cut of True OG. That's always fresh, piney, gassy, and delicious. We represent the spirit and hustle and diversity of our great city of angels. And we stay true to the spirit of this plant, doing everything in-house to ensure that you get the highest quality and consistency with every batch. And that's what made us LA's favorite OG. True Classic OG. Stay true, Los Angeles. The thoughts and opinions in general overall shade thrown on the High 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory of any authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationship, and our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you're an easily offended person, uh, the show is probably not for you. And also, too, maybe you should go so try some CBD. CBDs. That ad gives me so much inspiration. <laughs> Brother, this is going to be fire, bro. Dude, hell yeah. Up next, we've got the truest OG industry doctor in the game with a proven track record for years of serving up daily doses of compassion to the people, for the people, from the people. He's the founder of Medican and co-founder of CESC, a nonprofit cannabis research organization, seriously doing some great work educating the people and providing data-backed research that everybody should check out. Please do. He's doing some fantastic shit out there. Dr. Dr. Jean Talleyrand, what do you have for us on this beautiful Wolf Moon Friday morning? Full moon, yeah. Uh, Happy Friday, everyone. Uh, Thanks, Rico. So my headline today is from MJ Biz Daily. 
Uh, Colombian government-funded health insurance now covers medical cannabis. A late 2020 move by Colombia's health ministry resulted in increased government health insurance coverage of certain medical procedures and medications, including prescribed medical cannabis. Chiron Life Services in a Thursday press release says that it will immediately start filling backlog orders of insurance covered medical cannabis prescriptions in Colombia. According to Chiron CEO Alvaro Torres, the new government is fully committed to the use of medical cannabis as a covered treatment under the Colombian health system. The new government has included plant-based medical cannabis in the list of mandatory insurance covered medications starting January 1st, 2023. Chiron is a Toronto-based global medical cannabis company with core operations in Latin America and Europe, including Colombia, Germany, the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Peru, and Brazil. Resolution 2808 was signed by the Ministry of Health on December 30th, 2022, as a revision to a previous law. This revision was necessary to remove unintended ambiguities that had arisen about whether plant-based preparations from cannabis were included in the insurance coverage. This is now, once and for all, clearly confirmed. The new government is fully committed with the use of medical cannabis as a covered treatment under the Colombian health system. The Colombian health system is one of the world's best. The World Health Organization ranks it as the 22nd most efficient in the world above Canada, the United States, and Australia. Healthcare in Colombia is very affordable. About 20% of government spending is directed towards healthcare. This level of investment has made on the ground costs for patients accessible. There's a three-tiered payment under the public health system. Co-payments are approximately $1, $4.25, and $11.15 for lab tests, diagnostic imaging, specialist visits, and medications. The premium cost for health insurance in Colombia is about 12% of declared personal income within, without an age limit cap. If you're employed, your employer is required to pay two-thirds of the premium. Zerenia, Chiron's wholly owned medical cannabis clinic network, has entered into a contract with the largest government-owned insurance company in the city of Bogota to provide integrative health services and pharmacotherapeutic treatment with medical cannabis. Zerenia has a patient base of about 25,000, and the insurance company covers about 12 million individuals. This has been a dream of mine since 1998. I thought it might happen in the United States, but to see it first occur in Colombia is unreal. Of course, I have a lot of questions. How will plants be characterized and categorized? Without traditional clinical evidence, how can cannabis be prescribed? But most importantly, I see Colombia physician-guided and documented trial and error practices contributing to the clinical evidence necessary for individuals using cannabis. This is Dr. Jean Talleyrand reporting for Hyatt 9. What do you think? Can insurance pay for cannabis in the U.S.? Hell yes. Yeah. They and it should. Hell Without yeah. Big out. The Colombia. Fantastic news, Dr. Talleyrand. Thank I you thought so. it was great news. But remember, I'm talking about medical cannabis, not adult use, recreational, whatever you it's, want. It's all, it's all the same thing. That's like, that's like saying the difference between hemp and weed. That means, I mean, yeah, because you can you can pay for it with a copay, and you can yes. go get your Jay Z monogram for ten bucks. <laughs> Subsidized, bro. That's right. I don't know if Jay Z would be on the medical formulary, but uh, <laughs> but maybe something better would. I mean, I mean, but so so the doctor, correct me if I'm wrong, but they they sell flour in Colombia, and so therefore you're saying that the flour would be sold under under insurance could be sold under insurance that's kind of weird weird though because i mean that's like because it's a it's carcinogens right if you're smoking the shit like like that's not healthy so it's it's technically not medicine if if, can can cigarettes or can can big tobacco make a case for like oh yeah it's relieving stress this is medicine too well I, I have a friend, a, a good friend who has a French health insurance and they pay him money every month to vape instead of smoking. 
I mean, they look at it as cessation. Um, and so he gets a benefit from his insurance company. How much um, does he get? I think it's like 70 bucks or something. 70, <laughs> 70 bucks to vape. <laughs> is that is that is that a week a week a month a year it's a month per month a month 70 bucks a month they yeah, 70 yeah. euros a month to not smoke um at least not smoke cigarettes so what i don't see why it's such an issue um and we and there are some insurance companies in the u.s um i'm not saying that they provide blanket coverage but you can make a case to um your insurance company for certain things um and they will work with some people I'm not saying every, truly this is something that should be done everywhere. I would love to see this. I'm so happy that Columbia is doing this. We have seen a lot of great research and things coming out of Columbia. Um, so this just makes sense. And I hope to see other countries follow their lead. I mean, I wonder, I wonder what insurance company covers Columbia. That's what I want to know. It's a, a government owned insurance company. It's a government that- owned insurance company. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There's no insurance industry except for in the U.S. brand. <laughs> like yeah. to, the extent, to the extent like where they just like fuck everybody over and, yeah. and just leave and leave you out to dry. That's 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 American. I want I want to go to I want to go to Colombia because I want to know if subsidized weed tastes better. <laughs> Maybe better than Monogram. I don't know. I'm, I, mean, I mean, I could probably find some Delta Eight that's better than Monogram. I, I smell a I segment mean, coming on. Is, I'm just going to ask. I'm going to ask. Uh, I'm going to ask Stone Slade to source us some Delta Eight that's better than Monogram. No, sir. <laughs> I don't touch it. I'm not going to do that for you. Is Windowsill Booth better than Monogram? <laughs> oh man, you guys. Don't hate me, Jay Z. Please don't. <laughs> They might be a sponsor. Don't piss off Jay Z. <laughs> yeah, the hove. Yeah, oh. rocking. All right, let's keep it, keep it keep it rolling, man. Mm-hmm. That's you, Jay. Oh, is it me? Oh my fucking god! I'm so sorry. I'm it's Mercury and Gatorade, you, bro. bro. The planet Mercury and Gatorade. Oh, that's a Mercury and Gatorade. Oh, Electrolytes and shit. You know? Yes. Coming up next, he's the founder of the Cannabis Law Firm with offices in California and New York, director of the National Cannabis Industry Association, legal publisher, and an author whose 2022 California cannabis laws and regulations were just released last year. He's also a Ganjier, and for those of you that don't know, a Ganjier claims to be a sommelier for cannabis that's right and also to watch out because he is a purple belt in high style brazilian jiu-jitsu and when he's talking about high style he's not talking about kicks he's talking about his weed that's right it is omar figueroa yeah thank you jason and we're working on new editions of the california new york books happy friday everyone my story is from bbc news and the headline is 29 killed during arrest of El Chapo's son. Ovidio Guzman Lopez, himself alleged to be a leader of the Sinaloa cartel, was captured in Culiacán and flown to Mexico City on Thursday. During the 32-year-old's arrest, 10 soldiers and 19 suspects were killed, officials said. In retaliation, furious gang members set up roadblocks, set fire to vehicles, and attacked the local airport. A further 35 military personnel were injured and 21 gunmen were arrested. Defense Minister Luis Luis Crescencio Sandoval told a press conference on Friday. Guzman Lopez, nicknamed the Mouse, is accused of leading a faction of his father's notorious Sinaloa cartel. It is one of the largest drug trafficking organizations in the world. His father, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, is serving a life sentence in the U.S. after being found guilty in 2019 of drug trafficking and money laundering. His trial revealed some of the brutal details of how Mexico's drug cartels operate. The six-month surveillance operation to capture Mr. Guzman Lopez had the support of United States officials, Mr. Sandoval said. In December, the U.S. put out a, re- a reward of $5 million for information leading to, the, to his arrest or conviction as well as that of three of his brothers, who are also thought to have kept their positions of command in the group. The operation, which began at dawn in Culiacán, in Sinaloa State, Northwest Mexico, 
sparked a wave of violence from armed cartel members. Dozens of vehicles were set alight and at least two planes at Sinaloa airports were hit by gunfire in attacks blamed on the Sinaloa cartel. More than 100 flights were canceled at local airports as a result. Two Mexican mm -hmm. Air Force aircraft were forced to make emergency landings after they were hit by gunfire from the cartel, Defense Minister Sandoval said. Helicopter gunships were deployed from the authorities to support the ground operation. President Andres Manuel López Obrador said Mexican forces had acted responsibly to look after the civilian population and avoid innocent victims. No civilian deaths have yet been reported. A further thousand troops are being sent to Sinaloa to help with ongoing security measures. Videos on social media have shown burning bus buses blocking roads in Culiacán. The fuselage of a plane scheduled to fly from Culiacán to Mexico City was hit by gunfire on Thursday morning as it was preparing for takeoff, Mexican airline Aeromexico said. No customers or employees had been harmed, it said. A video posted on social media appears to show passengers crouching and cowering in their seats. As we were accelerating for takeoff, we heard gunshots very close to the plane, and that's when we all threw ourselves to the floor, one of the passengers, David Tellez, told Reuters news agency. An Air Force plane was also hit in Culiacán, Mexico's civil aviation agency said. U.S. President Joe Biden is due to visit Mexico for a North American Leaders Summit next week. He will now arrive on Sunday, a day earlier than previously expected, according to a tweet by Mexico's Foreign Minister Marcelo Ebrard. No reason was given for why he was arriving early. There were blockades in different parts of the city and re residents were urged to stay at home. Many shops were also looted and gunfire exchanges took place between security forces and gang members. All schools across the whole state of Sinaloa were closed on Friday, the local government body overseeing education said. Mexican security forces had previously arrested Guzman Lopez in 2019, but released him to avoid the threat of violence from his supporters. The U.S. State Department says he and his brother Joaquin are currently overseeing approximately 11 methamphetamine labs in the state of Sinaloa, producing an estimated three to 5,000 pounds of the drug per month. They have also said that information indicates Mr. Guzman Lopez ordered the murders of informants, a drug trafficker, and a popular Mexican singer who refused to sing at his wedding. You know, my take is that BCC forgot to mention that Mr. Guzman Lopez was also an aspiring cannabis mogul, one of three of El Chapo's sons, known as Los Chapitos, or the juniors, who recently made headlines for their plans to take over the world of cannabis. I remember a story I covered a few weeks ago where a Sinaloa cartel commander who acts as a link between Los Chapitos and Culiacan's marijuana producer said, the juniors are a different litter. They are educated. They want to live well and stop being a target for the government. So weed could be their option to go out of the illegal trade and become successful businessmen in Mexico and leave all the crime behind. Looks like the weed baron option will no longer be an option for this Chapito. I wonder how this will impact the Chapito's plan for global domination of the weed market. This is Omar Figueroa, lawyer, publisher, and Ganjier instructor reporting from Sonoma County the traditional territory of the Pomo, Miwok, and Wapo nations for high at nine, high noon Eastern. I wonder if there'll be, um, I wonder if safe banking would solve this problem, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, did you see the video though? I mean, they were, they were firing some serious artillery, man. It looked like a GI Joe laser gun out there from that helicopter. Yeah. It's war. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Um, it's amazing that this is happening. I, you know, this is payback, I guess, for years ago when they tried to get them earlier, right? So it's it's yeah. the war continued. This is mm -hmm. yeah, this is. Uh, um, I just listened to the podcast, the Fifty Cent podcast with the twins that ratted out um, um, uh, El Chapo. That whole crazy is. That's the whole story is crazy. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Nuts, is, right? One guy called, uh, they called him Rambo. He would walk up in there, walk, go up in the rooms like nothing, but his big ass guns, just like 
chopping up motherfuckers is crazy, man. I could not imagine to have been in the middle of that, like at all. I mean, I just, I just wonder what the these. I wonder if this, some of this was sparked because of the article that that we covered a couple of weeks ago in regards to them <laughs> wanting to come in, come and take over the cannabis industry. And I also, I also wonder, Rico, what's going to happen um, when they have to go for the background check and get a live scan if they would actually pass the whole license. <laughs> 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 this could be the end to the cartel guys i mean this is government versus cartel and last time cartel won so this could be the end for the cartel i don't see i don't see how it's even close to possibly being the end of the cartel i mean there's this... two other brothers at large they're going to be running the show i mean yeah. i don't think it's really going to like stop anything that they got like one sacrificial lamb, probably like the most egregious one, got thrown to the wolves as an offering and, mm-hmm. and a distraction, probably. You know, I, I think there was like in Mexico, they call like an outburst, like when they start like uh, burning, you know, when a kid starts like kicking on the floor, a berrinche, yeah. and the cartel threw a huge berrinche uh, in the city of Culiacan and basically turned it into, uh, you know, a, a martial law. Like yeah. everybody has to stay home. All the residents have to stay home. Everybody's on lockdown until the cartel is gone. You know, that is not good for business. It's not good for anybody. And so to me, it seems like the cartel will be incentivized to um, make their peace. Now that one of their brothers has been, has been gone. Their dad is in the supermax. I think uh, the dad's wife is doing three years right now and she cooperated against him so yep. she can't go back to mexico ever um but it's it's a huge mess and i think the only solution is to decriminalize drugs um mm-hmm. and prohibition creates crime yeah i think uh, it is, I mean, this is the sad part about capitalism is everybody has their price yep. and everybody has their price and um, you offer the officials, whether they're cops, whether they're uh, government agents on either side of the border, like they're going to take that money, man. They're going to they're take that money. They're going to look the other way. And, and you know what? That's how you get generational wealth. <laughs> That's how <laughs> generational wealth. I mean, is. I mean, so how long? In Mexico because the cops are so poorly paid, like at least here in the United States, cops like get all sorts of benefits and they get overtime and they get cushy requirements. Yep. Uh, they could lose their pension. They get pensions, so yeah. In Mexico, they're like paid like next to nothing. And so the only way they can make the rent and pay their families is by taking bribes, mordidas. It's just part of the culture. Mordidas, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like mm-hmm. Little bite. Yeah, little bite. I'm not mad more, at that. One more story, Dida. Yeah. Man, I got so many questions. Thank you so oh. much, Omar. Man, very, very interesting. Thank you for covering that one, Omar. That was a really good one. I can't wait to see what happens next. Do you think they're going to hold him? Do you think they're going to keep him? Like, like I'm pretty sure he's going to escape like within a week, right? If he's not in a supermax, dude, like they're going to, he's going to get paid off by somebody. Or you know, they could have, they could have only just arrested his body double, possibly too. That's yeah. what I'm thinking, body double. Yeah, body yeah double. That's they, well, that's how they got the twins out. Of, of mm-hmm. um, that's how they got the twins out. They just gave him somebody else. Said, oh yeah, these are the guys. Like oh, no, the twins were really quadruplets. up next and bringing us home in an industry full of negativity (laughs) littered with folks (laughs) on both sides of the aisle aiming lower and lower this dope dad from the great purple state of texas decided he'd be hitting the high road and just say no to local delta eight dab sessions he's the host and co-creator of a new show with the same damn name so y'all better check that thing on out is Stone Slade bringing us home? What you got for us today, brother? <laughs> thank, thank you, brother. <laughs> thank you, Rico. Uh, man, it's good to be back. I've been gone for a little while. Today, my story comes out of the Miami Herald. Folks, as we all know in this space, the trap is alive and well, but not just on the streets across the country, also behind bars. It was found that inmates in Tampa, Florida's Falkenberg Road Jail have been buying individually packed cannabis-laced pairs perishables aka pot brownies from summer jail now these space cakes weren't being snuck in uh during an inmate's conjugal visit no these are making their way into the joint by way of florida deputy sheriff terry bradford 
Hillsborough County Sheriff sporting the very cannabis-esque name Chad Cronister said investigators found more than a pound of cannabis-laced brownies at the Falcon Road Jail in Tampa. A source had tipped the jail intelligence squad on January 3rd that a deputy was selling drug-laced edibles to inmates for profit and that he himself had an order coming in the next day. When 25-year-old Bradford walked into work on January 4th, officials located over a pound of cannabis-laced brownies in his lunchbox. Sheriff Kronmeister went on to say, we have zero tolerance for any type of corruption by any of our employees. Bradford betrayed uh, the trust of the agency and our community strictly for greed. They say that Bradford used Cash App to collect money from inmates. And while an exact figure isn't known, they believe that he made thousands of dollars in profits. Bradford, who had been working for the Hillsborough County Sheriff Department for about a year and a half, was fired during the investigation and is facing uh, multiple charges, including uh, introduction of contraband to a detention facility and possession of a controlled substance. The Falkenberg Road Jail is one of the largest direct supervision facilities in the country with a capacity of 3,300 prisoners sitting on about 142 acres. Sheriff Cronister said that the investigation is still in the early stages. They're unsure right now if other deputies may be involved. Uh, he noted that it's likely that the inmates involved would receive additional charges, but it's unknown at this time exactly who was involved. I'm a little torn on this one. Um, yeah, police officer ca ca capitalizing on cannabis while our brothers and sisters sit in jail kind of bugs the shit out of me. However, on the flip side, knowing how incredibly boring jail is, I would be uh, stoked as an inmate that I had, I had, uh, that I had um, access to cannabis. Sorry, lost my, my train of thought there. Um, I'm guessing that the snitch that gave up Officer Bradford had a falling out of some kind with the deputy. Otherwise, why ruin a good thing for your fellow inmates? At the Falcon Road Jail, uh, inmates have a number of activities and classes available to pass the time. Educational voca and vocational programs like culinary arts, sewing, GED, domestic violence, as well as substance abuse. So by a good thing, I mean, I just can't imagine allowing cannabis consumption in jail as a bad thing, because in my mind, I just see a calmer, more compliant population of people, ha happier population of people. And if prisons were to embrace the power of the plant, it could also help treat the inmates that suffer from mental illness and substance abuse. However, I'm not going to hold my breath for that. Um, I know that before that can happen in any official capacity that we can't have our brothers and sisters sitting in jail for nonviolent cannabis convictions. Um, love to hear what you guys think. Is former Deputy Bradford the uh, fried piper of the pen making a bad situation a little better or just another cop thinking he's above the law, profiting off of the prisoners? I'm Stone Slade reporting for the Hyatt 9 News. Rico, were we able to get our friend Anthony from 40 Tons to comment on this one? I believe I believe so. We, we got guest. yes, we we do have Anthony. But I want to know how much how many items was a brownie? How many? I what? really want to know how many items was a brownie? Like how oh, many soups? How many soups for a brownie? <laughs> right. I, mean, it, 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 I thought that like the funniest thing about this shit was they said like oh yeah his name a few thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. What, what about his name? His name. This is the most ironic part of it. Chad Cronister. That's the sheriff. That's the, <laughs> yeah. the sheriff that uh, arrested Chad the sheriff Cron or whatever. The Chad boss. Cronister, bro. Like you can't, oh, you can't okay. make this shit up, bro. This is, this is I amazing. love, I love that he went he the probably... extra mile to actually bake brownies instead of. Right. Just right? selling flour. I will. Okay. I, I bet. I bet you they were all made with trim. Well, well they, if, if you. So I. I listened to the whole. I don't know if uh, Anthony's on yet. If he's. If he's on, we can bring him on. I'm on. Yeah, he's with us. He's with us. We do have Anthony from Forty Tons with us. There yes, he is. I'll bet you he probably had an inmate cook it in the in the prison kitchen. I think so. Bro, you think he had? No, I don't think he had it. He was making it in the prison kitchen. Yeah. No way. That no, they said, stinks, bro. That shit is loud, bro. When you cooking. He was even bringing it in in his, in his lunchbox, and uh, the article even said that the that Sheriff Cronmeister oh, was okay. uh, coming up with other ideas to to uh, feed feed the the officers so they wouldn't have to bring their lunch, but he couldn't actually stop them from bringing in their lunchboxes. Yeah, if, if, you, if, you, if, you watch, if you watch like a press conference, it was hilarious, and it was like we 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 can't stop. The people from bringing their own food in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, don't going, I don't know how we're going to stop this. <laughs> so, I'll bet uh, you it said it said quote other other contraband items, right? So I'll bet you he was yeah. probably bringing in cell phones and right. other shit mm -hmm. that probably got him hot. So what and, you're saying? So what you're saying, Anthony, is if you would have just stick to just bacon brownies, he would be stock free right now. Probably. So Anthony, is it is it is this um, common practice? I agree with Anthony. Practice? I want like that case for, what's the question? Uh, okay. Go ahead, Ann. go ahead, Omar. Oh, uh, where uh, somebody had their brownies seized, but they never admitted that they were pop brownies. They just said they're brownies. 
The brownies. So the cops yeah. try to test it, and the group like just clogged up their lab equipment. They're not able to get a good reading on whether it contained like THC. And so unless the people cop to it, it's really difficult when it comes to edibles to prove that it's cannabis. As long as there's no little bits and particles of cannabis, if people are just I was, sticking in the brownie, I was literally going to say something along that, those lines. Like, like I bet you it wasn't the weed because there's absolutely no way for them to test that and to know that. Yeah. And if people are getting high back in their dorms, I mean, they could get high from anything, right? So there's no way to prove that. I bet you it was the other contraband items that got caught, and yeah. they, so they had a phys- they had physical evidence of you know like let's say a cell phone, yeah. and then. And then and then they they jammed the people up and then they admitted yeah. it that that's what it was. I spell so real quick. We are at the yeah, we're at Somewhere. the top of the, of the hour, but I just one quick question for you, uh, Anthony. Um, um, is yes. this common practice to have you know like, like the officers that are supposed to be like guarding the prison? Is it common practice because you did you did a, a fair share of time? Um, is it common practice to have them smuggle? Um, 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 actual like, like drugs like this in there? Is it is it usually coming from you know like like visits from other people? Like, like what's the deal there? Well, allegedly, I have no idea what that the answer to that is. Um, but I've heard from people, but you know, like from personal <laughs> experience, I absolutely have zero idea and don't know nothing, and probably wouldn't ever be able to answer that question for you. But I've read um, that that's where those <laughs> two places take place, right? So. That's really the only two places that they can actually come in. You know what I mean? It really, so, it, it really breaks down to the type of uh, s- security that a facility, like if you're in a minimum security or a maximum security. Right. Because I know I've been in a minimum security, and you could just have anyone just just pull up and just throw a pillow sack full of contraband over, over the fence, and you just run and grab it, and all of a sudden everybody's eating for a couple weeks. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, in, so in a maximum security facility, it's definitely – yeah, definitely it, a exactly. lot coming from well, the most, guards. Most prisons, most, even minimum securities, unless it's like a super minimum, like a camp. But fire most, camp. Yeah, like fire camp or something like that. But most prisons have a double fence so that you can drive between fence number one and fence number two. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, um, you know, it, it'd be difficult to, you know, to do that unless you're in like, like what you said, one of those places. But, um, I mean, dude, where there's a will, there's a way. I mean, people, you know, smuggle shit in through the garbage cans and like the garbage people they have or like, you know, you know, the laundry vendor that brings in, you know, all the towels and sheets to get it there. Like, I mean, it's it's ingenuity. Right. So are we willing to assume that that, that none of these brownies were keistered? (laughs) 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 I'll bet you that. Well, here's the thing. Upon may, upon entering of the location, they probably were not. But going from unit to unit, they very well could have. Very been. well could have been. Huh? <laughs> we need to get cannabis on the prison medical formulary. This is ridiculous. I'm, I'm with that. I think I think I think it definitely would um would help with with stress with inmates, and it it would probably lead to a lot less violence against yeah. uh against the correctional officers overall perhaps perhaps um not in the smoking format but in like maybe the pill format let, or let, some let them smoke way. some weed who cares let them smoke some weed whatever they're in jail they're smoking cigarettes <laughs> it's, it's not it's not it's, it's i mean i mean it, you're in you're in mostly cement cement building it's it's you know it's but it's, the, the problem is not the smoking the problem is the fire i mean so, that's, uh, that, that's what i'm saying i giving but i'm saying giving access to fire to an inmate is not that, 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 maybe, maybe we should give them some uh, some some windowsill booth, and then nobody will get. Dude, I, I, to... I, I was in jail one time, and there was this guy, a super super redneck jail, and literally burnt out three light sockets trying to get a light for a cigarette. I was literally just gonna say that that's how I used to yep. light our shit, and we would we would we would we would blow the circuit breaker yep. in the whole damn all the time. Place. <laughs> yep, exactly. Now you can't can't charge anything. So if you want, if you guys ever are in a situation where you where you, you you have an outlet and you don't have a plug on something, if you take the the razors, you know, like the single edge razors, and you yep. take those you take those little two razors out, you could actually make a little concoction to make your own plug, and then you use these little springs, and then you, and then it, 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 there's a, a piece of metal that you take that goes into a, into a water, and yeah, then you I could understand. like you could it's called a stinger, but like you can make your own little electricity. We used to do that all the time yeah. to heat, heat things up. Um, Thank but you, MacGyver. It's, 
it's very, very like unstable. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like yes. you could fuck yourself up. You could shock yourself. You know, you could burn, you know, a piece of paper, which then now burn a piece of clothing and then go set someone on fire. So that's probably why, you know, it's on fire. Allegedly. Allegedly. I mean, you know what I mean? Can so you just, like, could you just see the medic cart, the medic cart coming out and just give it, uh, letting people like light, light their weed for them. And then that way, you know, just come out. Oh, here, it's time for you to smoke here. Boom, boom. Here's your life. That would be, you know what? In the 1980s, that probably would have been super cool. But in this day and age, everyone's, you know, there's, it's probably so politically correct that that the people who don't smoke you're gonna give them cancer and all this other bullshit uh, they, i mean they're already in jail they're already getting cancer i, I know that, <laughs> we, 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 that definitely appreciate you coming on with us anthony allegritti the coo yes. of 40 tons our good friend over here and you want to close us out jason thank you so much anthony much love and i'm gonna hit thank you, you brothers all right guys oh yeah thank you all for getting high at nine with us every monday through friday at 9 a.m pacific and high noon on the east coast big shout out to our audience and supporters thank you all for tuning in daily we so appreciate you spending the time with us on a regular basis and monitoring what is the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry thank you to all of our haters because we have the most extravagant houses inside of your heads that we pay absolutely zero rent for man you should see some of these properties they are absolutely amazing even Trump would be jealous. Huge thank you to True Classic, LAXCC, and DNA Genetics and Wizard Trees for helping us keep the lights on um, and keeping us doing this. Thank you to Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, and Zaza Simone holding us down in Clubhouse. That's right. And thank you all for helping us create this safe space in the multiverse. And thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us. It's America's number one daily cannabis news show. Oh, yeah. We love you. <laughs>